Hi, and welcome to the Tomato Timer, a podcast about learning to learn. I'm Zubair from Xenos, and I'm tuning in live with experts from around the world, asking your questions and hearing their stories, all before the timer goes off. 24 minutes and 39 seconds to go. Hi guys, um, welcome to episode 32 of the Tomato Timer, and we are back after a bit of a hiatus. Um, it wasn't planned to be this long, but you know, things happen. Um, but we're joined by an awesome guest today. Um, Fatima is studying computer science at Habib University. Um, she is a Google Women Tech Maker Scholar. She is a student partner with Microsoft. She was a delegate for the Harvard Project um, for Asian and International Relations. Um, and most importantly, she's a strong advocate for pursuing global opportunities to refine your skills, regardless of what your social background is. So. Thank you so much for joining us, Fatima. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. It's absolutely, it's absolutely a pleasure to be here. And I was looking at the Tomato Timer channel, and I really believe what you guys have going up here is absolutely fantastic. So keep it up. Thank you so much. It's it's really great to be ha- to have you here as well. Um, so you know, the strong advocate. You know, you're you just believe that global opportunities are something that we should all pursue, try to make the most benefit of. Um, but take us back to when you were like. At the end of high school, when you were thinking about universities, um, where were you planning to go? Was it was it always CS? Was it always in Pakistan? Right. So I came from a high school where almost 90% of the kids end up going abroad to study. And when you step on your first day in your, in your class, it's not even a question if you're going to go abroad to study. It's like written down, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so when and I was one of the that cohort as well, where uh, going abroad to study was my ticket to freedom and my ticket to launch my career as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the end of my uh, a, uh, by, by the end of my A levels, it, it was pretty obvious that my pursuit of higher education in STEM was denied by a typical misfortune of most Pakistani women, the most ambitious and aspiring Pakistani women, if not Southeast Asia at large, that is diminishing support at home. And the overarching question of how is this fragile human body going to survive in a foreign land? And so uh, I realized that I was stuck in Pakistan. Um, In fact, I was stuck in Karachi, my hometown, with very limited options for um, pursuing a higher education abroad. Mm-hmm. And I decided to enroll in Habib University uh, because at that time, and even now, it promises promised a very fresh perspective and approach to education that I really like, was inspired by. And uh, and the program that I enrolled was in uh, career science. And surprisingly, I had absolutely no clue about it. So there are some students who, you know, there are some people who are constantly playing around with technology, with gadgets, and they're looking at specifications. And I started the neural network mo- model at like age 10 or something. And there are some people who have some idea of how coding works. But I, I was there sitting in my first class wondering what language is. And I mean, <laughs> why are we discussing Python to begin with? What an odd topic to discuss in class, yeah. right? And um that was me the entire first year of my entire of my degree, and I was stuck in this humongous, ever-enclosing wormhole that was dragging me into the into a major depression, probably worse than the first uh, than the Great Depression itself. And it was a really bad time for me because I was completely stuck on going abroad to study. And so, in the summers of 2016, uh, 2018, sorry, uh, at the end of my first year. I was all curled up in bed, crying my eyes out about how I hated life, how I hated university. I just wanted to drop out and possibly even start serving burgers at McDonald's. I mean, that's where I was. And when my mom came up to me and she said, Fatma, you have two options right now. You either get up, wipe away your tears, um, get your life together and make the best of what you have been given. And number two was keep or 
just keep crying and start helping me in the kitchen and that's something i absolutely hate right and it took me a few moments and even minutes for me to absorb that the only person who was pulling myself down at that time was myself and at that point i decided that i'm not going to let myself pull me down anymore um, and that reality check essentially changed my life and i did three things uh, to save myself from that deep pit that i was putting myself into we can talk about that later um but yeah that that is my story uh, it took me almost dropping out of college uh, to get my head right uh, in the right space and start believing in myself and start believing in the opportunities that pakistan had for me and understanding that going abroad was in the end and i could still pursue international opportunities from my own hometown so yeah wow uh, that was that, that made that gave me goosebumps uh, and i can completely appreciate uh, that kind of perspective because i came from a from a high school as well where um you know everyone was going abroad and alhamdulillah i had the opportunity and the ability to go, go abroad uh, and i have to say there's there's no doubt about the fact that um this is these are things that you know we need to talk about in terms of gender equality as well but we don't want to go down that route because we have Definitely. some amazing uh, cuz you have an amazing story to tell cuz you then went through this kind of uh deeply sad first year um where you were not sure about what you'd chosen to study <laughs> you really hadn't any idea about what cs was absolutely uh, not and you weren't really happy with where you were in the world either so what was that kind of mindset shift where did you how did you get out of that that deep bog you were in and then come up and start looking for different opportunities uh, around you so when my mom came up to me and she said that i mean it really got me thinking and from that point onwards i essentially did three things that helped me repivot my life around uh, and the first thing was essentially self acceptance or a more common term which people use which is self awareness and by self awareness i mean truly reflecting on what your capabilities are as an individual uh, what your limitations are what your drawbacks are how much can you put yourself in life as well and when i started reflecting at uh, self reflecting on who i am as a person and started to discover me that is when i was truly free and the world that i was viewing from this very myopic lens um, it was so large suddenly and right in my grasp and i could like it earned my passion to be the best of myself and you know what at that point i realized that i did not need a university uh, to do it for me either and that was the underlying realization was that i am good enough no matter where i end up studying and and honestly to every everyone who's watching um you are good enough honestly i mean you do not need to tie yourself down to a university or a company or an institution at the end of the day and don't get me wrong i mean i understand a good university can open a lot of avenues for you but not everyone is privileged enough to sell their kidneys and spend 50000 dollars on an education and if you're one of those people then that does not have to stop you from achieving your goals or unlocking your passion and setting the world on fire and um so essentially self awareness came down to came down to the question that can you push yourself and do you have the mojo and the swag to essentially make it happen and uh, the second thing that i did was uh, actually self awareness is great right um, self awareness is absolutely fantastic but self awareness alone cannot get you to the mountain top that you're visioning for yourself and so after self reflection the next stage for me was self development and this is where you take visible ownership of your career as a sole future of your as a sole leader of your future and it's all about identifying what you need to get what uh, what you need to do to get to a certain point in or uh, a certain point in your life and uh, whether it be uh, and i mean it can be any goal right whether it be starting a million dollar business or getting that 4.0 gpa 
And let's say if we take an example that uh, you are you are someone who's pushing for a 4.0 GPA, and that's just a goal that you've set for yourself. So self-development is essentially preparing yourself for that goal, uh, for breaking it down into small chunks, small achievable chunks, and then um, spending every day actively working towards it, right? Um, for example, uh, to achieve that 4.0 GP, maybe you need to take three hours extra every day to recap on your classes. Maybe you need to enlist some TA's help, uh, or maybe you need to just, you know, gulp down an entire army of books to get that 4.0 GPA. But these are small things that will eventually lead you to your goal, and you need to integrate that in your schedule to be able to achieve what you want to achieve. So that's the second step that I did. I identified my goals, and then I started working towards it. And the next step is essentially self-management. From the 10 million things that you that are on your to-do list, how do you select those 10 things that you that will push you in the right direction, right? And for that, you need to have your goals in place, your key performance indicators in place. How do you measure yourself? Your schedule should be up to, up to the, up ready as well. And so the good news for you is that if you've been following the first two steps completely fine, then prioritization should be very easy for you. A uh, long story short, if you are able to master these three things of self-awareness, self-development, uh, and self-management, honestly, no one can stop you from becoming the force, the power, the fire that you are set out to be. Amazing. I, I actually kind of scribbled this down on my kind of notebook as well, because this is these are amazing things to 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 kind of like guide your life with. Mm -hmm. um, absolutely, there's there has to be a mindset shift. You have to be thinking in the right you know, perspective, you need to be thinking about what are the, those, those key things. I always say that every human is uniquely set out to, to do something in this world. Um, you're, you know, you've, you've come out, uh, there, I don't know, 7 billion people, it's just growing every few days. Um, but you're out of, you're one of those people in the world, no one has ever been like you in the past, no one is ever gonna be coming in the future like you. You have a unique set of experiences, you have, uh, you know, never in the world is there ever gonna be someone like you. So find those kind of unique skills, talents, um, find the most uniquely, find the most important thing that you can do with most unique talents that you have. Um, so I, I absolutely love this, and I think um, this is going to be kind of plastered uh, on our on our motivations <laughs> post as well next week. Yeah. Um, so so that's that's amazing. Now you've 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 identified the, these like three key steps of what, how you're going to kind of grow out of this kind of I, I guess this this slum you were in. Um, what did you do next? Which what was what were the first few opportunities that you went to pursue, and did it all come naturally, or was it like close doors and then keep pursuing it? No, so definitely. So as I mentioned before, I was someone who was very not into CS, and uh, I think the only thing that I had was a passion for doing something in life and bringing some change and impact, and not necessarily a passion for tech per se. And uh, it's, it's and I had actually never gotten along with computers or chemistry and science in general, and I. Uh, and I had entered into a computer science program as a completely pessimist, completely disassociated with the idea that computers or computing could actually change my life as well. And a, a great thing, uh, and women's, women are generally looked down at, in the field of IT industry, especially in Pakistan. And so that so much that it forms, forms a cultural barrier of some sort and see your stereotype against women as well. So tech was definitely something I had never explored before. So the first thing that I had to do was accept that I am stuck in this situation and I have to explore it. And when I started exploring it, I realized um, what a brilliant platform it was to empower women. Give a woman a laptop, um, a basic training about technology, and honestly, from there, it's just upward mobility because tech's also financial mobility, it's all for education mobility. Um, and honestly, with the laptop, you just have everything in your grasp, right? With a small computer device. 
And I realized there was a definite means to move forward and uh, just that it could sustainably disrupt the status, status quo for women and our community in general. And so I started to involve myself and apply for all of these completely different programs that could help me achieve those goals as well. So a big major part was Google Women Tech Makers, which is a program for women in computing who have who uh, are passionate about empowering their women, the women in tech in their own communities. And I felt that that, that essentially pushed me forward to do more initiatives around that uh, similar similar area as well. Mm -hmm. And so tech has always, uh, for me, uh, been more than just an academia or interest for me. Uh, it has constantly, consistently actually been a means of empowerment and uh, not just for uh, me, but also for many other young and empowering and ambitious women and students out there as well. Mm -hmm. So all of my, essentially all of my goals were then catered around that, around community service and then around understanding who I am as a person as well. Amazing. So the Women Tech Maker program is, is hugely competitive. I know that. And then you, what about the, uh, you, you became a delegate for the, the Harvard project. Tell mm -hmm. us a little bit about that. What, how is that kind of journey for you? Right. So HBAR was something that I, the Harvard project was something I applied for when I was very not sure about technology and I wanted to explore my options as well. And then Howard was offering this fantastic conference opportunity where I could go and explore different fields of computer science and not just computer science, but also um, entrepreneurship, um, how technology was linked to climate change and all of that stuff, right? And so that was the, essentially the point where I realized that, oh shit, computer science is great and there's so much that I can do with it. So that entire experience for me was absolutely overwhelming. Amazing. And so um, now you are this amazing person. You, your um, LinkedIn posts get hundreds of likes because everyone's listening to you and you're like this um, influencer kind of person. Um, what do you, um, like what are your next steps? What are you thinking about? You, I think you still have a year to go at your university. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. So um, I think uh, for me, there's always been two things. So uh, positive. I also wanted to create positive social impact. And then I also wanted to tackle diverse problems that Pakistan is facing. And I always thought of myself as a hands-on approach person who would meet a lot of people and then uh, try to um, to project that in, uh, in different solutions possible, right? And so in my in the future, I'm possibly uh, aiming to create my own startup or around women, essentially. Uh, or and before that, maybe I could take a step back and uh, just understand what goes into creating a startup and then um, become a product manager. Because essentially, the uh, essentially the what project managers do is they create and build solutions for the uh, for the for the majority of the people, right? So understanding that uh, train of thought of how you can build something uh, from absolutely zero to some a million dollar business is something that I want to look into, and that's what I've planned out for me. Amazing. So it's not an easy journey that you're looking ahead to either. And right now you are pursuing an internship as well. Is that correct? Yes, definitely. Yeah. That's also for product management. That makes a lot of sense. So do you think, um, so I guess it's, it's, it's just incredible to kind of see going from a very like uncertain time in your life to reflecting, to working out where you wanted to go to then actually doing those things as well. And now kind of standing in front of us with amazing accolades um, to share um, and an, an incredible story to, to tell as well. Um, there is still that challenge. Um, and I think a lot of our listeners still feel the same. Um, although you've like kind of overcome it, but we still think about, you know, overseas universities as the, as the only way to unlock our future. Um, do you think that now that with with all your experiences and everything that you've done up till now, do you think that that you know studying from a university in Pakistan or for anyone listening, you know studying from your home 
hometowns, university. Mm-hmm. Um, is that ever going to be a restriction in, in your career or in your, you know, in, in what in what your future looks like? No, absolutely not. I completely disagree with that statement right <laughs> out <laughs> because um, essentially, see, um, you have to understand cause and effect, right? So if you work hard enough, uh, I mean, um, so one of the things that a, a lot of people talk about is essentially that um, luck and chance. And maybe if you went abroad, then maybe you would have a different life as well. And a lot of successful people, in fact, like Jeff Bezos would also say that Amazon's success was incredible planetary alignment. And is and honestly, it's just about being strategically humble. And uh, because of success was a chance and serial entrepreneurs wouldn't exist. And serial entrepreneurs do not just exist abroad, but they exist throughout the world, right? And it does not it it doesn't matter where, where your education was from. We have seen people drop out of college and start big companies, and we have started. We have we have seen so many within Pakistan. We have so many inspirations to look up to, right? And in fact, in around uh, 2013, I think uh, Jack Dorsey, Twitter's founder, tweeted that uh, success is never accidental, and he got this huge backlash from a lot of uh, a lot of people. And uh, one reporter actually said that success is never accidental. Said every white man. And I completely agree with that. I mean, that is completely true. But uh, but uh, but then um, and I completely understand that already successful, privileged, uh, privileged people have an easier time to do things. And uh, due to their network, due to network, wealth, experience, which a lot of us uh, do not have. And that's not only. A, but at the end of the day, that's not the only force that plays in, right? And so it's not. And so international education is also not the only force that plays into your success. And uh, so the thing that I would say to you, to the audience would be that make your own luck by working hard and believing that the future can take a definite form. Uh, what the one thing that I did and a lot of people do is that when we when we uh, do not, we are not able to go abroad to study, we think that the future is completely lost and the future is completely indefinite. And once we do that, we quit trying to master it, right? And when you quit trying to master it, then it's all downhill from there. So just take charge of your future and no matter where you are, just try to make the best of the opportunities, opportunities that are given to you. I mean, I'm pretty sure there's something that you can do out of it. And in fact, uh, if you look at Pakistan in general, so... Um, a lot of people tell me that Pakistan essentially is um, one of the first things that I essentially hear is from people looking to uh, settle abroad or study abroad is that uh, Pakistan does not have enough opportunities or it does not have adequate uh, sanitation or health and food, etc., etc. But every time you say that, you say that you do not have an opportunity. I fully, be- fully believe that there exists a space for you to create an opportunity, right? Mm. Uh, I mean. Yeah. What do entrepreneurs do? They identify a niche, they identify a problem, and then they build a billion-dollar business around it. So why can't we do the same? I mean, uh, Pakistan has already entered the stage of technological and innovation, and fields like edtech, AR, AI, data science, or uh, retail, uh, e-commerce are largely unexplored in Pakistan. Right? If you go abroad, the market is completely unsa- very saturated. But Pakistan mm-hmm. has so much of potential. And all of these are venues are, are you looking for you to tap them, for you to explore. And if you, and the one thing that I've realized from spending my education in Habib University is that the four years of my university really grounded me into the, uh, under, made me understand the ground realities of Pakistan. And now I'm able to build something for the people of Pakistan as well, if that's what you want, you're looking for to do as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so definitely not. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I, I want to kind of, I, I don't know if I can word it properly, but 
essentially what you said is if you don't see an opportunity use that that is your opportunity you know that those those the fact that there isn't something there is the fact that you can actually build something right in the space that that you're saying is not available so incredible um and you're absolutely right there's so much um space for innovation for for new technologies to enter especially in a in a in a market which is you know largely untapped um there was something that you mentioned um, earlier. You said you talked about luck and making your own luck. Um, and I was recently in a in a talk given by this awesome scholar who's who's written a lot about this phenomena called serendipity. It's about um, it's about this this idea where you know it's something you know you say oh I was just here and I was speaking to someone and it led to a conversation which led to you know finding my next hire or finding my next investment or I just found my co-founder or I or I you know. I got my first job. I don't know. There's so many times when you say that it just happened. Um, and serendipity is something that you can actually create. And that, that's kind of what you were mentioning as well. You know, you can actually create your own luck. And it sounds a bit weird. Um, it, it sounds almost counterintuitive. How can you create your own luck? But just to kind of show you as an example, what you've done is essentially, you know, looked at where you are, went across the internet, found every opportunity that you could apply to, looked at everything that you're eligible for. And I'm sure that, you know, as much as you like, I, I've, I've done the same, you know, I've applied to hundreds of opportunities. And there's so many more that have rejected me than actually the ones that have accepted me. You know, it's like the proportions are <laughs> outworldly. Um, but it's all about putting yourself out there again and again and again. And suddenly, every time you put yourself out there, you're creating more luck for yourself. Um, do you feel the same way? Uh, sorry, I, I went on my own kind of journey as well a little bit. No, it's completely fine. I, I can completely relate to you. I mean, that's essentially what I was talking about as well, that um, do not let... So when you talk about... A lot of people would also argue that maybe if I was not in that specific time, in a specific position, maybe I would not have gotten that job, right? But um, And that is my luck. But what happened if you were in that same time, but you had not initiated that conversation to begin with? So yeah. you technically created your own luck, right? Uh, so, for example, when I, how I got my uh, my internship at Bazaar. So, Bazaar is one of Pakistan's rising tech startups, and it's doing a fabulous job in the uh, in the startup field. And I was so fascinated by what they were doing that I actually messaged their co-founder on LinkedIn, and that's how I got my internship to begin with. <laughs> so, so I mean, that yeah. was all about me creating my own luck, right? Maybe I would I would have just been there, standing on the sidelines, and um, just fascinating about how amazing what a, what an amazing job they were doing. But I decided to take action, and I think that's the most important thing. Just take action, and things happen. Um, so we're actually getting closer to the end of our episode, um, and it's always uh, quite tight. Um, but it's always fun because it's you know it keeps you time restricted. Um, but you've you've shared some amazing wisdom with us across this whole episode. But I want to kind of boil it down to something that you've taking thinking about the whole kind of high school experience, the university stuff going through your internship, going to these incredible global you know, platforms and being uh, part of them. Based on all these things, based on all your experiences, um, to the young people who are listening today, um, to those who are either at university and, and thinking about what to do next, to, the, to those who are at school and can't get abroad, to those who can go abroad and and might not be pursuing all these opportunities, um, what do you have to say? What, what, what would be the thing that you wish you could tell Fatima of you know 18 or 19? Okay, so um, the, the one of the things that I would say to the Fatma of 20, 
15, I guess, okay, would be to own your power and show your confidence to everyone who is looking, okay? So one of the things that we do is we shy away from who we are. Mm -hmm. So don't shy away from showing how good or talented or gifted or skilled you are at something. You have the power to decide how you are represented in life. You have the power to decide who you hang out with. You have the power to decide how uh, to make decisions about your life as well. And essentially, come boiling out down our entire conversation, the university cannot do all of that for you. So do not attach your capability, your skill set, or your talent to any institution, any organization, or even a company. It has to come from within, and so just embrace it. The second thing that I would probably say is just to put yourself out there. Um, get involved, whether it be your local community science fair or a reading club or a corporate mixer. Do not think that you are a misfit, okay? Yeah. A, a lot of us think that we are misfits, but just because you haven't found your fit yet, it doesn't mean that you're not you're a misfit, right? Yeah, the only, and the only way for you to find your passion or your true calling is by exploring opportunities, by, looking, uh, by knocking on doors and by getting involved. And um, I think the third thing what I would probably say is that um, don't define yourself by what others think of you. Um, and you can't look uh, um, to others in terms of your future and then define your own trajectory based on that. Um, it's great to have role models. Role models for women in tech were something that uh, helped me a great deal to believe in my own self and my career opportunities as well. But at the end of the day, it is your career and it is entirely up to you, right? And I know it probably sounds brutal and cold, possibly, but only you can change, fail, restart, build your own career and life. So set a plan and work on it. Work on it in chunks, but do actively make it a, a habit to work on it every single day, no matter how small it is. And don't look at what others are doing. Focus on yourself. Uh, maybe the only way for you to be successful is by sleeping at 4 a.m. in the morning and then waking up at 6 a.m. <laughs> so just do it. I mean, yeah. what's stopping you, right? And um, and if there's some, some job opportunity comes up or some, there's something really tough in life that's going on, just go out there and tackle it and just prove yourself. And another thing, um, sorry, uh, but um, <laughs> another thing is that um, I've seen this a lot. And I think it's very important to praise yourself, even if that means sometimes tooting your own horn. Um, do it respectfully, but also do it boldly and confidently and inform people of um, you, what you've accomplished in life and what your competencies die. And I know a lot of people would probably judge you and call you a bragger or start labeling you. It happens everywhere. And I've personally experienced this as well. Um, but seriously, tooting your own, own horn and brag, uh, talking about yourself is the way for you to get a lot more opportunities as well. So, and if anyone has a problem with that, just who, who, just tell them, who are you in my life? And um, they're not in charge of your future or your career. You are. So just... Uh, Three words, embrace, two words, embrace it. <laughs> well, that was incredible. So many, so many incredible things that you kind of shared right at the end. Uh, I was thinking one, two, three, but that's just like too many to even summarize for me. So um, you guys have to go back and listen to those uh, words of wisdom once more. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Fatima. It's been incredible to have you. Thank you so much. It was really good talking to you as well. Yeah. Um, thanks, guys, for joining us live. Um, and remember to join our Discord server so you can find out about our next guest and ask them questions as well so we can include it. Thank you and bye.